0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now tomorrow, I'm planning, uh, even though we've been going through Proverbs, tomorrow's the election. And so it's going to consume... It really consumes the intention of the entire world, understandably so. It really does. It's an important thing. It's something that we talked about, you know, we talked about Sunday in church, the importance of these things. And so I hope you understand that. It's okay to be consumed, what's going on, what's watching. But there's a difference between being consumed with an important decision and being focused, or let it being something that drives you. We talked about Friday and Mary Hart. Don't, don't let good and bad of tomorrow affect it. You know, trust in God, He's in control. You know, if you guy you voted for didn't make it, God is still on the throne. But let me encourage you. What I want to do tomorrow, though, is I wanna, I, I, we're going to just take our time and our devotion at 11 o'clock and just focus our attention on God. Uh, kind of, you know, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So we're gonna focus our attention. So we'll take a break tomorrow from Proverbs and just focus our attention on God, focus on his goodness, his grace, and just during the day, make that a point. So join us tomorrow at 11, as we'll do that and share it with friends. It's simply going to be a time where we just point our our Jesus on his goodness, his grace and all those things. So um, tomorrow, uh, invite friends or share it tomorrow, 11 o'clock. I understand it's gonna be a busy day, trying to get in and vote and everything if you haven't already done that. Uh, But boy, I hope you'll do that and watch us tomorrow at 11. But today, on Monday, we're going to take a, a few minutes and just look at a thought from two verses at the end of chapter 17. Now, Uh, you may notice that there's a lot if I can use the phrase we skipped in chapter 17 or did not cover in chapter 17 I've mentioned through Proverbs uh, one of the things we've seen a lot of is God for the purpose of emphasis repeats a lot of different things so what I'm currently trying to process is I'm trying to put together things on pride and things on on debates and arguments and the and the distinctions between fools and wise and 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 simple and scorner and instead of you know taking little chunks I want to go through and do a little more of a topical look at these issues which I think are are better studies from Proverbs because it covers so much of it and so what I'm doing is I'm not necessarily hitting those spots that will end up in these studies moving forward here uh, in the future so I'm taking ones that I as Lord leads the different sections of Scripture that uh, we're looking at and today's today as an example of that so Proverbs chapter 17 Verse number 27, the last two verses of Proverbs 17 say this, He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed as a man of understanding. Now I'm going to look at this from two premises as we start that i uh, look into these two verses and something's very true i think very practical um you ever met somebody who it seems like they have the answer for everything i mean they they have no experience in something but they they know what they're talking about and they'll tell you about it and uh, they always have a bigger story a better story and they always know more than the experts Uh, okay just watch the news about covid The people who want you to believe. They don't have a lot of facts, and they don't really care about facts. They just want you to believe what they believe, whether they're trying to frighten you or make it a political point of view. Um, They they just get louder. They just yell at somebody who disagrees with them and criticizes anybody who disagrees with them. They keep saying, listen to the science, but they're not touting science. They're making fun of anybody and mocking those who disagree. This is what we're talking about here, those people. And what you're going to learn, if you want to use debate or disagreement, there are two types of people, somebody who has the knowledge and therefore doesn't have to scream. Because remember, raising your voice doesn't make you more right. Knowledge should be the source that you follow, not somebody's passion behind it or volume behind it per se. So usually getting louder and screaming usually shows you, you, you know, your frustration. But you see somebody that has truth. Now, you see the other side, whether it be debate or, or an argument or two perspectives in news or whatever. One side is just going to state the facts. The other one starts criticizing and starts getting angry. Why? Because if you don't have truth to back up your point of view, the only answer then is to criticize the person with whom you disagree. So if if I were to debate somebody in a Christian forum and one of us had biblical principle, the other didn't, their only answer is to criticize the person. This happens all across. So if I can't prove them wrong and beat them with truth, I will attack their character. Um, I've seen this happen, it's happened to me, it's probably, probably happened to you. Um, if you stay close to the word of God, what does it say? If, you are, if your ways are pleasing to God, even your enemies will be at peace with you. But sometimes, what you're going to find is some people can't because they, they want to win, they want to be in control and they don't have an answer so they just attack your character. But what we see here is God is referencing the person on the other end of the table. He's not referencing the, the fool who's attacking, who doesn't have truth and really doesn't care about truth. The word of God, as much as they tout the word of God as their source of truth, it's not. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? That's a strong comma. It is. Let me tell you how. Um, how do we know people? By the fruit, by their actions. If somebody, what they're doing is wrong, biblically, and they use a moral argument to explain it, the Bible's not their source of truth. They're using postmodernism. They're using humanism to explain their point of view. An example, Matthew 18. This is one I've seen a lot recently, and it's really heavy on my heart. If, you're, if you have an issue with somebody, conflict with somebody, and there's been offense, Do we see Matthew 18 as a suggestion if you want it right or a command? I see it as a command. God said, if you've been offended, go deal with it because reconciliation is the key. Satan can separate families and all these things if we don't deal with it. But we sit back and say, I know Matthew 18 says this, but the Bible is not your source of truth. The Bible is not your directive because you're not going to follow it. And and so what happens, you see by their actions, I want reconciliation. No, I just want to be right. That's not truth. So a lot of times you're going to find people like that, and they don't even care if what they're involved in is even sin, because they've justified it somehow. So that's the other side. He's talking about here somebody who has knowledge. And I've seen this. and I've, I have played, not well, but been involved in sports, for, and a lot of them just throughout my life. I'll never forget one time I went golfing, and and I'm not a good golfer. I enjoy golfing. Frankly, when I say enjoy golfing, I can't do four hours, four or five hours. So I'll go out for nine holes, and by that point, maybe it's not patient enough, just not good enough. I'm done chasing balls in the water or something. So I enjoy nine holes probably more, but I get around some people, and man, all they'll do is tout their last hit or their biggest hit or their ability. And I'm telling you, I know the entire time as we're getting in the golf cart, and we're going out there, I'm like, it is going to be a long day because this guy won't stop talking, which means I'm the better one on the court, and it's going to make for a long day. And that's usually what it is. The person who talks the most trash usually has to talk the trash because they can't back it up with their game. Um, this is true in every part of life, and he says it. So verse 27, he that hath knowledge, he understands. And when I say now, it's the word of God. I know the truth. I have knowledge. I have facts to back it up. I know what I'm talking about. He person that has it will spare his words. And a man who has understanding is of an excellent spirit. The spirit's not angry. The spirit's not vengeful. The spirit's not attacking the other person. The spirit has knowledge and truth. And so they're an excellent spirit. They don't have to defend themselves. They're right with God. There's no defense because defense isn't needed. Because they have the truth, and, if you're not, and in some cases you realize, listen, the person I'm trying to talk to is not going to believe me anyway. There's no reason to have the argument. So they, they, they're wise when they use their words. They're wise when they debate or argue whatever term we want to use. Verse 28, I love this. Even a fool, when he holds his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Have you considered this? Even a fool, a biblical fool, which is not a great person, when he chooses to keep his mouth shut, is biblically considered wise. And a man who just doesn't say anything, just keeps his mouth closed, is a man of understanding. Here's simply put one of the first things we can do in wisdom is to stop. Let me give you another a New Testament principle that backs us up. What did James tell us? Let every man be quick to hear slow to speak, therefore slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So he puts simply this way, if you want not to have wrath and you want to be doing right, be quick to hear, slow to speak. Same principle here. A wise person understands that if all I do is talk, I'm not learning and I don't have all the answers. And so if I'm not, if I'm not listening, I cannot be learning. And if I'm talking, I'm filling the room with emptiness. So I must be quiet, keep my mouth shut and listen, then I can learn. Now, that doesn't mean that everything going to be stated out there is accurate. There have been times, one of the things I love to do, I'm a techie, I study about technology, I enjoy it, I kinda do all this technology here at church and I'm always wanting to find the most effective way to do it, the most inexpensive way to do things professionally. And so when I go into places like Best Buy, I'll ask all kinds of questions. I never, I wanna act like I don't know, I'll ask some of the most simplistic questions. There's really two reasons, one, I will learn things I don't know. They may say something I not thought of, didn't know, I wanna learn. But two, when you keep quiet and you let the other person talk, you learn how much they know. And there have been more than once where somebody will walk me through instructions on a computer, when they walk away, I'm thinking, yeah, that's not true. They're trying to sell me something, but that's not true. And then I realize, okay, this is not the one to take my advice from. When you're silent, you will learn how much the other person knows. And sometimes we're so busy to jump. Let me, let me tell you one reason why. Why are people so quick to jump? What is, why, why do we do this? What is, the, what, is, what is one of the reasons why we're so quick to say something? Usually self-defense. When I feel like I have to defend myself, I'm quick to control the conversation. I'm quick to be uh, angry, use vitriol in my conversation. I'm used to you know attacking the other person. This is the other side. Why? I have something to hide. And if I can control the conversation, then what I'm hiding will never come out. Well, if I'm at peace with God and right with God, and as Paul says, I have a conscience void of offense between God and man, I don't have anything to hide. Therefore, I don't have a reason to argue. I may want to prove a point and be part of it, but that doesn't mean I'm I'm not going to participate in a fight. And I think that's some of what sometimes we miss in this. And he says, even... Hey, if you want to show your knowledge and you want to show your wisdom, simply say, just stop talking. Be the one in the corner that just listens. You learn so much. Years ago when I was in Bible college, this was seen on almost a weekly basis. I remember once I was in college, I was in a bed and the bed's in the corner of the dorm. Anyway was, I could hear what's going on, but I couldn't be seen by a wall that was next to the bed I was in. And I heard all these Bible college theologians, usually mostly freshmen, sophomores, that were, and I was a senior that year that was debating a topical issue. It was a, it was a bit of a, I think, a silly issue. The Bible really says very little to anything about. And and so since the Bible didn't say a whole lot about it, neither did these men. And they're just going off, and they're stating, and and the one with the most conservative position pinned themselves as the the most biblically based, even though they didn't have any Bible behind it. They just said, this is it. And they just kept spouting, and I just kept listening. And the longer the conversation went, the emptier knowledge came from it. And I met that I was a bit sarcastic in my answer when one guy reached over, Love, what do you think? And I just them back, I said, I think even a fool, when he holds his peace, is counted wise, and I'm going to be wise in this conversation. I wanted to say there's been enough foolishness flowed through this. And, and then they got frustrated, and I stepped out. I said, listen, gentlemen, we're debating opinions. What does the Bible say about it? If we wanna have a debate what the Bible says about it, let's, have a, let's talk about it, but that's not what's going on here. And I think that's what happens, and I think that we've gotta be careful. Can I often say if we do that in, in outreach and trying to teach other people, if we're about being right, we may lose something in the fact that we wanna learn. The best way I've learned, I used to be the one to prove someone wrong with all of my facts, but then I learned that was very counterproductive in trying to witness to somebody. You know, the greatest way to help somebody is to find out what they believe. And you do that by listening. And the more you listen, the more you ask questions, the greater and more tools you have in being able to help that person by learning what they believe. And then you can ask questions and be able to lead them down a path because that's the goal. The goal is not to prove them wrong. The goal is to help them see the truth. And that's what he's telling us here. And this is a very important thing. I encourage you, whether you have the knowledge or not, listen, learn, always be a learner, always be someone who's listening. Now, there are times we need to speak, but when we've listened, then we can speak and, and speak, give the knowledge and then stop. I think in those times you'll learn. There are sometimes, I, I, when I've been in groups of men or debates or conversations or whatever, there's certain people who do this. They don't talk a whole lot, but once they do, the moment they start talking, they grab the attention of the room. And here's why, because everyone else says, they don't talk a lot and when they do, they have something to say, that's what we've, what we've seen. And then because we know they have something to say, I'm gonna listen to the few words that person says. That's how I see here. The one who always is in control of the conversation usually gets the voice. He just kind of disappears in my ear. The one who chooses his words widely is the one I want to listen to. Those are the men I listen to, and the men I get most knowledge from, and and women that I get the most knowledge from. I hope we'll take that into practice in our daily lives, in in our co working, in our coworkers, in our place of work here at church, and our witnessing. Use this tool to allow people to see a great spirit, not a, not a fighting spirit, and, and allow that to be a great tool in in, in friendships and in relationships and, and ultimately in witnessing to other people. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to, to be with you at the beginning of this week. Uh, thank you for taking Monday and some time, whether you're watching this live or later, uh, listening to this later. We hope that it's an encouragement to you. Remember, tomorrow, we're going to focus at 11 o'clock tomorrow, our attention on God. As the world looks to what's going to happen in the White, off, white, uh, white, white, office, the white House, the Oval Office, what's going to happen there. I want to focus on God. So join us tomorrow at 11 as we focus our attention upon God and look to his goodness, his grace, and his sovereignty and uh, and even maybe just some prayer asking God uh, to keep us calm in these crazy times. Thank you for joining us and starting a week off with us. We hope you have a great rest of your day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless.